playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of On the Board Podcast. My name is Colby McKee. Across from me, also in the same studio, is Lance Dahl. Yeah, you came into my turf today. I decided, I think the microphone on my <laughs> end is a little bit crappier than your guys' over here. So, uh, the voice that you do not hear is Jesse Christensen. Jesse couldn't make it again this week. The yeah. slacker. I, well, he's, you know, tied up, doing stuff. You know what? That's okay. He's, he's on vacation. Yeah, he's also heading to Vegas tomorrow, so don't blame him. Yeah, He doesn't want to stick mode. with these losers. So. Nope. Uh, we'll see if Jesse comes back next week. But you got me and Lance for episode 9. We've got a bunch to talk about. And I guess we'll start with none other than Marcus Stroman. We talked about him last week. He kicked off the show. We're not starting with the Fortnite World Cup. Uh, that could be a topic we no, get to. we'll get to that later. <laughs> we we talked about Stroman getting traded last week, and our wishes were answered uh, late yesterday afternoon. Stroman goes to the New York Mets in a package that includes pitcher Anthony Kay and pitcher Simeon Will- Woods Richardson, both top 10 prospects with the Mets. Uh, kind of an interesting deal because a lot of people are saying, why the Mets? Why is that a landing spot for Stroman? Do you want me to answer that? I, yeah, it's kind of an open-ended question. There isn't an answer. It's the most Mets thing the Mets could do. Right. And then they went and traded Jason Vargas today to the Phillies. And so like, I, I don't know what they're doing. I have no clue. Like I'm obviously, uh, like everyone, pretty floored that the Mets got Marcus Stroman. Um, and not the Yankees? Well, not the Yankees, Astros, or Braves, like everyone was kind of <laughs> leaning towards. So Anybody who needs starting pitching yeah. is kind of left out in the dust on this one? Yeah, like arguably one of the better rotations before Marcus Stroman came in. The Mets just did the most Metsy thing and added something that they really didn't need and are just going to float around in this world of mediocrity for a long, well, long time. Considering I mean, they're they're in the market for trading Syndergaard, especially rumors have picked up this last week where they it went from a consideration to now aggressively pursuing a trade for Syndergaard out of there. It's been stupid. It has been ridiculous. Like I got Syndergaard on my fantasy baseball team, and he got hey, like yesterday he had an update every two hours about a new report. Right. Like it was just stupid. Like <laughs> everyone that has a baseball team is in on Noah Syndergaard. Apparently, I. I don't understand that either. I don't know. There, there's so many things with the Mets that I don't get that I don't think we have enough time for me to really dive into it all. In terms of Stroman and the return the Blue Jays got in both Kay and Woods Richardson, mm-hmm. uh, obviously not the top-tier prospect that they were initially looking for from teams like the Yankees, like the Astros. But if you're a Blue Jays fan, are you happy with a guy in Woods Richardson who's probably the higher potential of the two? Mm-hmm. And K is obviously the more uh, MLB ready potentially next year. Are you happy with that return if you're a Blue Jays fan? No one is. No. Nope. And I, I saw a lot of people saying, you know, <laughs> we want Alex Anthopoulos back. And and I get that. Like, first off, before I get into anything, I want to say that the deal, I thought they should have got more. We'll find out in the next couple of days whether or not they got a fair market value because prospect capital is so important now it and is, teams yeah. are recognizing that more than ever like even in the past three years teams are recognizing that more now and so we'll see at August 1st just how well the Jays did with Marcus Stroman uh, it's too early to say 
regardless, even it's too early, it might even be too early in two years. You're really not going to know until these guys, if they show up, what they do, if all that fun di- stuff. Yeah, if they're difference makers. Like I mentioned, they're both top 10 prospects. Uh, I believe Woods Richardson is the fourth ranked prospect in the Met system, and Kay was the sixth. Yeah, so just they, for reference. They so. come in and they're now like five and seven in the Jays' depth chart. None of them were the top Jays 100 prospect. guys. Either. That's what's surprising to me is that they right. didn't get a top 100. I, I thought for sure Stroman could have got that in return, but if a guy like Syndergaard goes off the market, um, we'll really see what the top end value will be. If a Trevor Bauer goes, same deal. Um, we'll see what kind of haul teams get back for if uh, if a Trevor Bauer, um, Noah Syndergaard, or even Madison Bumgarner, if he gets moved. That'll really be a telltale sign of what the value for Stroman looks like. But yeah, like going back to this, so a lot of people were saying, man, we want Alex Anthopoulos back. And people need to remember that at the end of the 2015 season, Alex Anthopoulos turned down like a five-year contract extension. He said, no dice, I'm good. And what he did that season prior was load up on anyone that was good yep. and completely punt the farm system. He now, did this. He did this, Blue Jays fans. Well, he was... He went for it. Yeah, he went for it. And it was fun and it was a good time. Yep. But a lot of people don't like... like that. You, you can't take solace in the fact that your team is ranked ninth in farm systems across MLB. Like, the, that's, that's hard to sell. And, and the Jays might not even be selling that right now. They're selling Vlad, Bobachet called up today, and and Kevin Biggio and guys like that. That's what they're selling. They're trying to sell that kind of hope. But for people to look at this situation and blame it on Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro, like I understand the return for Marcus Stroman might not be great. And I understand that, you know what, they're at the absolute basement of of baseball right now. I get all that, but whoever was going to come in after Alex Anthopoulos was going to look like the villain this whole time. 100%. And so when you look at what Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins have done to build this farm system up to ninth when it was completely depleted three years ago, not to mention they got guys uh, within their front office that have done uh, like amazing work with other teams. Tony LaCava's kind of running uh, a lot of that. There's also uh, one fellow by the name of Ben Sherrington, and a lot of guys might not know uh, who that is, but he was around building the Boston Red Sox to what we now see today with Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, and the rest. He was around for that, and so they have a lot of pieces in place uh, of guys who have built teams up, so there there is some solace to take it. I think people got to lay off on the whole blaming Atkins and Shapiro. Sure, things might not have been going exactly great. There's some things where the optics look terrible, but from an overall standpoint... For them in about the three years since they took over in, what, 2016, three years to get from basically having no farm system to rank ninth in MLB. And some of the top teams, you're looking at the Rays, who always have prospects. The Padres were shit for years, so now they got guys. The Braves, the White Sox, the Dodgers always have guys. The Twins, Astros, and Orioles. Those are the teams ahead. And when you look at that entire list of the eight teams ahead of them right now, they all have either been terrible for years and built up to this point, or their teams that have valued prospect capital for way longer than other people have before. And they're reaping the rewards of those those shitty teams like the Astros, for example. They they went rock bottom. And they now they're awful. they're World Series champions. They were and an they, awful team. They built a, a great dynamite lineup. You talked about Bichette mm-hmm. getting called up today. 
Uh, that move coincides with the Eric Sogard trade to Tampa. Coincidentally, the team that they were playing this weekend, <laughs> the, the Blue Jays are playing the Rays in Toronto. Go across the dugout. That's always great. You I walk, like those. Yeah, easy, uh, easy walk over. So uh, Sogard gets out of there. Bichette gets called up. He's playing, starting at shortstop tonight. And just you talked about selling hope, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, that's what they're selling right now. Mm-hmm. The future of Vlad, Biggio, Bichette, and Guriel, if he continues hitting the way this is, mm-hmm. in three, four years' time, that that top four. I mean, that's half your lineup. That's great. Right? That's great. That's the hope you're selling as a Blue Jay fan. Exactly. And, and what's interesting to note with that Eric Sogard trade is there's two players to be named later. Um, they'll get to pick two out of four pitchers. Is that right? They'll, okay. get, they'll get given the option of four pitchers from like low A or high A, somewhere low in the minor league system, but they'll get two options out of a group of four, so they're going to get more pitching depth. That's, that's Which valuable. is important considering that this team has none. Other than Nate Pearson, who people yeah. are hyping up so hard right now, but he's in Double A, and yeah, he's at I'm, least a year away. I mean, like they have Pearson, they have that Alec Manoa, uh, they have Eric Perdinia. Like they got some guys that n- you might not have heard of yet, but I'm I'm thinking over the next couple years you're definitely going to see them. Yeah. Uh. So th- so they do have guys, and, and they'll add another two with this Sogard trade, but uh. A lot of people do this here, player to be named later, and they think it's irrelevant. But. A scrub, but there's been some decent player to be named later. And yeah, like David out, Ortiz. Like David Ortiz. Uh, we talked about all the starting pitchers that could yet to be traded uh, up until the deadline in a few days. Mm-hmm. What do the Yankees do now? Like, they miss on Strowman, obviously. What Are they, are they going to give up this number one prospect that people have been clamoring over to get Who's a, a starting Davey Garcia? I think so. That's that the that guy's was? name. Um, yeah, it's just... Yankees need some starting pitching. There's a bunch of teams that need starting pitching. And for Stroman to go off the market to a team that doesn't need it, quite frankly, yeah, it's kind of frustrating for those guys. I feel like they might circle around on minor if Bumgarner really isn't going to move. Yeah. Like, if Bumgarner's really not going to leave San Fran, like, if the Giants aren't going to give him up because the Giants think they're actually in a fucking race when they're not still... One week later, they're still not in a race, but whatever. Right. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if they loop around on a guy like Mike Miner, who we know is out there. Uh, even if they just find like a, a depth pitcher like Jason Vargas just moved. Because yeah. really, the, their rotation isn't bad. No. It's not amazing. But again, we, we talked about this when we thought Stroman had a chance of going to the Yankees where you just need to get five innings, six innings. Exactly. Not, not even six. Yeah, just five and get to the bullpen in the playoffs. So. Yeah, I I think they're gonna find some kind of depth pitcher. I don't think they're gonna land a big one. I, I if they I, do, then that Garcia's got to be gone. Probably, especially if it's a guy under control into next year even further. Yeah, the control would make it so that Higher. that David Garcia would have to go. Um, but yeah, I I I just have this feeling that the Giants really aren't trading Bumgarner, and so then they are probably gonna loop on Minor. And if that's a bit too much, then they're probably just going to go find some depth starter like the uh, like the Red Sox got with Andrew Kashner. What do you think of the whole Bauer antics from yesterday where he got lit like a Christmas tree, he gets pulled from the game, but before that he throws a ball way into center <laughs> field like a fucking tantrum, a little hilarious. child. Do you think it's a lot of the stress this last month and a bit's been taken on him, and he's he's not been performing because of stuff like that, and that's his way of just getting the anger out? Like no, I think he's just a cannon. You think so? (laughs) He's just he's just a loose cannon, and he's similar in Marcus Stroman in the way that they are so passionate about the game, where 
Strowman is more vocal, and Bauer either tweets at twelve-year-olds or <laughs> or just throws massive tantrums. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's to me, there's nothing to really read into it. Like it, it is what it is. People were ripping on him for like coming out from or for media and before taking any questions. Like starting off with the apology and people ripping on on Bauer for that. I was like, like. What do you yeah, want? Why would they rip on him? Well, that's the apology. That's what he's supposed to do. I know. And it's like, if he doesn't say anything, then he gets ripped. If he says something, he gets ripped. I was just, okay. I saw, I saw like a couple anchors on TSN that were talking about it. I was like, you guys need to shut up. Like, <laughs> you're just, you're just coming off stupid. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So Bauer's one of the names that could be going in the next couple days. Trade, trade deadline is on the 31st. Not the yeah, fr- yeah Wednesday Wednesday so uh, Wednesday evening you know we'll be talking any more big trades that come down the pipe on next week's episode it was interesting that the Twins got Sergio Romo too that's, yeah that's kind of a help out that back end of the bullpen yeah. do they need starter help do they need help behind Barrios I think so yeah I I think they need another starter for sure I thought they needed a better reliever than Sergio Romo to be completely honest like it's Probably no pro- secret I'm not a believer in the Twins. Right. I, I know a lot of people are saying they're real. I still don't think so. You've got the Indians taking the whole division still. Yeah, well, the Indians are now only two games back. So, And, and when I said that, they're about eight. And oh, so, Nostradamus uh, over there. Well, you just look at the Twins, and it's just not sustainable. They're hitting at a rate that their team shouldn't be hitting at. They're having a lot of guys having breakout seasons, but at some point, the league catches up to you. Right. Like Unless you're like the Yankees, where you have four or five guys who are pure power bats, like you can sustain that, but... Eventually, the league catches up and, and figures out a game plan for you. Because a lot of these guys, they broke out in the first half of the season, like Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, Mitch Garver. Like they have these handful of guys that are playing way better than they ever have. And so after half a season, teams start to pick up on tendencies and they get more video and, and it changes. So I, I feel like they need to add another bat, someone that's been around for a while. Maybe a Justin Smoke. I don't know. I don't know if that would necessarily help him. But That's an interesting point. Yeah, I think you got Nelson Cruz on the roster. I think he's just a veteran guy. Like I, I think they just need a veteran bat in the lineup, and I think they could probably use another starter and another reliever. Interesting. To be we'll see what those Twins do. Uh, you want to hit the ice? There's been a couple things on the ice. Yeah, go down a little yeah. bit. Because yeah, I could talk about this Marcus Stroman thing forever. Okay. Well, is there any final points you want to make on Stroman? No, because there's just... what. What's his legacy as a Toronto Blue Jays pitcher? What are you going to most remember him for? Mm. I, I remember I him know. for coming back from the ACL and pitching in September in Yankee Stadium after doctors told him he was not going to come back at all that. Yeah. Like, honestly, that was quite a recovery for him. Honestly, I completely forgot that he missed that entire... 2015 season because right. of the ACL, like I, because that was the time when they brought in All David the Price and yep. Tulowitzki. Like there were so many other things that kind of overshadowed that, so I completely forgot about that till I saw it earlier today. Uh, I, I, I don't. He was just a. He's probably like a top ten pitcher for the Jays in like Jays franchise history. Maybe like a top five. Maybe. Maybe. Like you, I, if you wanted to put an argument for it, I, I'd hear it. Right. But like he was never. Never a top of the line guy, but he was solid. He, he was made to be in Toronto at certain points in his career. Yeah, yeah. He pitched even a, now he pitched a couple big games. Even now, he is he was the ace of that staff because of how crappy it's been. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. So, that is that is one hundred percent true. The other thing I quickly think about is in the playoff game against I don't know who it was, but it was supposed to be David Price's start. Yeah, 
and John Gibbons went with Strowman because he trusted him in the bigger moments than Price. And that was a big telling statement from a guy like Gibby to go yeah. with Strowman on the bump for that. It was a crucial playoff game. I just can't remember which, which one it was. I feel like it was, well, it couldn't have been in that first round. It might have been the, excuse me, the wild card game. Oh, I can't maybe, remember. maybe. But, yeah. And I saw a lot of people that were referencing things like that. And we look back on it now and we just look at the box score and we see the big games that he pitched in. But a lot of times circumstance plays a little bit of a factor. And I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade. And I'm not trying to say that Strowman wasn't a really good pitcher with the Jays because he was. Like his career numbers bear that out. But you got to remember, like Price was also struggling at times when he was with the Jays. Mark Burley was... I don't even know if he got a start in the Forgot playoffs. Forgot about Burley. Like, Dicky. Oh, jeez. Oh, my. Traded Noah Syndergaard those, for that yeah, guy. Those trades are. Traded Syndergaard for that guy? <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Well, uh, how's that looking? He's having a bad year. But now he's going to get Noah, traded. Still Noah Syndergaard. I know he's still Noah Syndergaard. And Ari Dicky is still Ari Dicky. I don't know. Yeah, like, I'll just remember him as a really good pitcher. There's... What about Josh Johnson? Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, man. I tell you, okay, here's a funny story. Okay. So my cousin and I, we went to uh, Anaheim. We, yeah. we kind of, we drove down to Vegas, drove over to California. And the first night we get there and uh, it's the Jays and, and Angels playing and Josh Johnson's on the bump and Mark Trumbo hit a ball. It was like a 96 mile an hour cock shot fastball that Trumbo turned about 450 <gasps> into the fucking fountain. Nice. And I think he went on to give up about seven or eight runs in that <laughs> inning. It was just, it was classic Josh Johnson. That's a great story. God, he was trash. Yeah. He was so bad. He but was, he came over that Jose Reyes deal. Yeah, he was supposed to be one of the great pitchers of the Florida oh, Marlins. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. Anyways, yeah, we can talk Strowman all we want, but we got some uh, hockey to get to now. Yeah. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky, you might know him. Goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He signed a big extension today. Yeah. Eight years, $76 million, $45 million of that in signing bonus. Yeah. But an interesting little wrinkle. Yeah, that's just a kind of the money up, tactic. Upfront cost. Uh, he now moves into the third highest paid goalie in the league behind Carey Price and Sergei Bobrovsky. Quickly, do you have, is that your top three tier? Do you have anybody ahead of Price right now? Is Price the best goalie in the world? Ahead of Price? Yeah, like what's your ranking one, two, three of those guys? I mean, I'd still take Price number one, but that time is, is starting to dwindle. Well, okay, I going into next year, what, yeah. who's your starting goalie? Going into next year, I think you want Carey Price. Okay. I'd put Vasilevsky ahead of Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. I have I'd, him as two as well. Yeah. I'd probably put Ben Bishop in front of Bobrovsky. I'd probably... Really? Yeah, oh, oh, God, yeah. Ben Bishop has been ridiculous. Like, the last two seasons, I think his save percentage has been like 920 at least. Interesting. Like, he's been so good. And Quiet out in Dallas after he was big so time good quiet. In, in Tampa. Big so. time quiet. But he's... Ben Bishop's probably, like, right now in probably my top three goalies in the league. Wow. Like, it's it's hard to find a guy that's as steady as him. That's not a name I was thinking of off the hop. No, because he plays in Dallas, right? Yeah. Just gets buried out there. Uh, back to Vasilevsky quickly. He's tied with Nikita Kucherov for the highest AAV on the team at nine and a half. Uh, a little talking point because Braden Point still isn't signed. Yeah. Do you like the idea of the, of the Lightning securing the bag for Vasilevsky first before they get to Point? I don't know that it necessarily makes a difference. I, I honestly don't think a lot of these GMs really worry about it, especially when you have two players that have two different positions that command completely different dollars based off of different things. Right. Like, I, I, I'm more surprised that Vasilevsky 
doesn't earn more than Bobrovsky, to be completely honest. I know Bobrovsky's got a, uh, a Vesna, but like Vasilevsky's pretty damn good. I, oh, I'm, at 24? I'm I think he's the same age as me. He's 24 yeah. and 20 on 25. And I'm, I'm, I was more surprised that he didn't make as much as Bobrovsky, to be honest, in this extension. But you, you do have to remember that he's still on one more year at three and a half mil, I think. Right. So... Contract kicks in after next yeah, year. Yeah, after next season. But okay. no, I'm not. I'm not surprised that they got this done. I mean, I think it just came up, and they wanted to kind of lock down the future. And they're riding with Vasilevsky, which is no surprise at all. They will rotate backups, and uh, Lord willing that he doesn't get hurt because <laughs> like it happened. Well, look, it could got, happen. He got hurt this year, and they ran uh, with. Was it Pasquale? No, Louis Domingue. Louis Domingue, yeah, Domingue, and that dude got you. Double-digit wins yeah. on the season, <laughs> yeah. so it doesn't really matter what kind of goalie you throw in there. But no. it's, he's still a great goalie nonetheless, and he's young, and they get to control him into his thirties, which exactly. is really good but for yeah, the like, Lightning. To your point, it's just no pun intended. But I, I think the point contract is still waiting on the line A, which is waiting on the Kachuk, which is waiting on the Marner, which is waiting on the Besser. Uh, I, I think all these guys are just. Uh, it's probably not going to be till September till. So we really start seeing things pick up. I'm not sure if I mentioned this on last week's episode, but I've seen and heard on podcasts, it might go right down to December 1st again like it did with Nylander last year. Somebody's going to yeah, bet. They're going to hold off because if you get to this point, if you get to September, why, you know, like what are you risking? I guess if you're a player, but. I don't know why, but the guy that would do that first in my mind for whatever reason is Line A. I, I just think feel, so. I just feel like Line A is the, the most likely character to. Is it because he's European? No, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I, I think the team and him might, or and more his people, might value Patrick Line completely differently. Because, I mean, you look at Line needs a perennial goal scorer already in his career, but he goes through these slumps where Super he is bad absolute slumps. dog yeah. shit. Like, yeah. He looks like James Neal for a little <laughs> bit out there. So uh, I, I feel like he'd be the one, but... I, I, I don't expect anything to change anytime soon, with, with the big names at least. The Calgary Flames made a couple signings, not named Matthew Kachuk this week. They signed no. Sam Bennett and David Riddich, both RFAs, the two-year deals. And now they're left with $4.6 million left on the cap to sign both Kachuk and Andrew Maniapane, right? Yeah, well, and I, I think you and I can both say, as, as people who support the Calgary Flames... Uh, nice to get Sam Bennett done because I thought he was going to be a target for an offer sheet. That's a good number. You. That's a good number, and that's a kind of yeah, yeah, kind of guy people would go after and yeah. give him maybe up to four million. I'd say. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think the Flames could afford to lose him. Uh, so that's that's a pretty good bridge deal, all things told. And Riddick, um, I like Riddick at two years. Yeah, Riddick, I'm not surprised at. I mean, it's kind of a show me contract type thing. You don't want to go into the Koskinen contract. He's making slightly less than Koskinen, isn't yeah, well, he? Koskinen, I think, is at four and a half. Oh, and this one's two points. And this is at 2.75. Okay, so not just a little. Koskinen's also got more term, I believe. <laughs> Three years on um, that one. yeah. So with the cap situation for the Flames, it's kind of important that when you look at cap friendly right now, they have 12 forwards listed, not including Mangiapane or Kachuk. Okay, so, so two of those are going to be in the A, probably. Well, you would, you would think one, one for sure, and one. they'll carry 13 forwards. Right. Um, it also has eight defensemen up there. Uh, five mm. one ways, and then you have uh, Rasmus Anderson, Yusuf Alamaki, and Oliver Shillington on two way contracts. Interesting. I, I would still think one of the one ways, whether it's Brody, Hamannick, or Stone, gets moved before the season starts, but we'll see. Interesting. And uh, they also have John Gillies listed with the big club right now as well. So when you kind of clear, like, 
say at worst case scenario, you clear out one forward, one defenseman, and John Gillies. Well, yeah. The very cheapest is another two point two million. So really, they're working with about just under seven million. Under bucks. seven. But is, still, it's not, not going to be enough to sign Kachuk and no. Mangiapane. So. No, still not enough, but not as bad as the first glance looks like. Not like the Maple Leafs where they have like eleven, even with those two guys on LTIR, and they got to sign Marner. Yeah, they're in a. That's a tough situation. They're in a not fun spot. I, I think would be the best way to put it. <laughs> they're not exactly loving life, but same with Winnipeg. Everybody's got the only. I think the only team without RFA trouble is probably Colorado with Rantanen. Oh yeah. May, maybe Vancouver with Besser. Like that's the other team that probably doesn't have to worry about cap space. Yeah, I don't know what as Vancouver's situation's like. I know. I, it, it can't be nearly as bad. Like, well, they yeah. got five million right now. That's it. Just oh. at first glance, but they also have fourteen forwards listed on their. Uh, Okay. 14 so. forwards listed on uh, cap friendly and eight defensemen with the big club. So, okay. I mean, they, they can still have some room to maneuver. They sh- they'll be fine. Uh, but, but yeah, like nothing is really like the, the Leafs and the Jets right now. They're both pretty up against it. The Flames a little bit. One minor move to discuss. I guess it's not really minor if you're a New Jersey Devils fan, but the Nikita Gusev. Is that how you say his last yeah, name? Yeah, that's Nikita Gusev. Goosey. Goose. He goes from, what's his, is that his nickname in the locker room? Goosey or it Gusev? Is, uh, it's probably Goose. Probably Goosey? It is now. I think it's no, Goosey. No, Goose. Uh, you got to put an EY on the end of that. No, like like Goose and Juice. <laughs> I have a Goose and Juice. He's on the move from Vegas to New Jersey, and yeah. then right away, New Jersey Devils signed him to a two-year, $9 million deal, 4.5 AA. I like the move because it gives them another offensive talent, uh, a position that the uh, New, oh, not New Jersey, the Vegas Golden Knights were not going to give them a top six role. Where well, I they think also were cap trouble too. That's true. I think that uh, you could pair Gusev with a Hall and Heizer line, or potentially with a Hughes line. Do you think so? I think he's a top six forward with to me, these guys. To me, this feels like the the Metsiest. Of, of a New Jersey Devils. You think that move. whole Eastern time this, zone? This feels like a New York Mets move all over again. I don't again. see a big deal about this. He's you're 27. Giving, I know, but you're giving the guy four and a half million bucks for never playing a game in the NHL. And I know it's not a huge deal, but like... The Kings gave Kovalchuk a boatload and he's 37 true, in but the he, KHL. But he also had an NHL game before. Okay. Like, it, you're, you're paying a guy four and a half million dollars who has never stepped foot on NHL ice. And so... And especially on a two-year deal, you're basically hoping that he gets acclimated real quick because he's not a big guy. He's like 5'11", buck 80. Right. Like, like he's not a big dude. And I understand that he put up like 82 points in 62 games last year, I think it was. I, I get that the numbers are good in the KHL, but when you have less room and just overall better rosters, it's a lot of money for a guy that really hasn't proven anything in the NHL you think, or North American ice. You think he's going to see a big Dustin Bufflin come down the wing on his first game and just get trucked and then he's no. out for the year? Like, I no. don't see it as such a big deal about size. We've seen so many small guys in this league now take over True. and display their offensive talents. It's not I, To me, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But, I mean, you also look at, and there's a bit of an age gap, but like Ellie Tolvanen from Nashville, Nashville yep. like they've been touting this kid for years and he's still in the AHL. Right. And the big thing is that it's hard for players to come over when you've never played an NHL game and really get a feel for what the league is like. Like, I understand the KHL is a good league. I'm not saying it's not. But when you make it smaller dimensions and then you make it with just better overall top to bottom players, 
it's a bit of a struggle. There's less room to operate, obviously, on North American ice. That's a, right. That's a big thing. Like the so, Devils have nothing but cap space, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But it just it just feels like a very New Jersey Devils move, and I feel like when we get into the season, it, he's going to be owned in 98 percent of fantasy hockey leagues and not do as much as people think. Oh, then he'll get dropped easily. Pretty much. Uh, another guy I think of just along the similar lines is Valerie Nakushkin with Dallas a few years ago, top 10 pick. Yeah. And he went back home to Russia for a little bit. I don't know if, he, if he's still back in the league, but he was a highly touted guy that did, just did not, have not panned out so far. No, that was that was the same thing, right? I mean, and he has way more size. Yeah. Oh, he's huge. Like, not really a fair comparison with with Gusev, but no. But the the theory is the same. Like, I you're you're not wrong. So I it, I just have a hard time buying into a guy just coming over and like what what's the expectation for this guy? Because everyone, I I think, and what it seems like is that people are thinking this guy is going to put up like sixty points this year. Yeah. Can he be a Panarin? Like, if he puts up forty, I'll call that a good year. Okay. If he puts up 30, I might, that wouldn't surprise me. That would be like normal. Like, I, I don't think people got to go and expect him to light the world on fire. But can he be, yeah, can he be a, a Panarin when he first got on with Chicago? No, because the situation's different. I mean, when you really? got, when, yeah. When with you, Kane and Taze? Kane, Taves, Saad, Duncan Keith. Like, you had so many guys moving the puck around there. I guess. I mean, sure, Taylor Hall. And Hall he, doesn't float your boat? I mean, he's fine. Like he's not Heesier? bad. He's a really good player. Yeah, Nico Heischer, I he, he's good. Yeah, at, at best, Jack Hughes is going to be his first time around. Like, yeah, we, we get young. so amped up, and this is again kind of PK Subban. Yeah, I don't. There's uh, your Duncan Keith comparison. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa! I don't know about that. Why not? <laughs> I don't know about that. Duncan, Duncan Keith in his prime. Duncan Keith could move the puck in his prime way better than PK Subban. Oh. P.K. Subban has a really big shot, plays some solid D, and can mix it up a little bit. I don't even see. I don't even think of Subban as a defensive defenseman. I don't think he has that good of D. I think I picture him all offense. His numbers wouldn't say he's all offense. It doesn't really seem like an all offense guy anymore. <laughs> Why'd you go all high there in the voice? Well, because he's again. That's the expectation, and I think we, <laughs> like the the, the 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 thing is like players develop over time, and so like you you can't. Like, there's a reason why Nashville moved off of him. They clearly felt okay moving him to bring in some forward help. And if he's such, like, this big offensive piece from the back end, like, those guys are hard to come by. Like, that's why the Flames still have TJ Brody right now because they think he's a big offensive piece from the back end. Yeah. And so when you have these guys who you believe are big puck movers, which I'm not saying TJ Brody isn't, but it's just really interesting that like the more I think about the Subban deal, the more I think that it was just—I don't think he—he's exactly the player. I think we hype him too much. Like, because did you see? Did you see his damn press conference when he got introduced? I've heard of it. I have not seen video of oh it. Oh my god, it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Heard he had like a killer a, jacket. Looked like a WWE promo. Okay, it was dumb. Uh, just you talk about offensive defensemen quickly. Uh, Calgary shipped off Dougie Hamilton without a second thought. Yeah, but they also got back Noah Hannafin, who... Okay. I mean, not Touché. as offensively gifted, because Dougie Hamilton's in that upper echelon of guys. Right. But... No, it's like, a good point. I mean, you, you brought back Hannafin, who kind of rounded things out a little bit. Like, I... Because, really, like, they moved Subban, and does anyone really remember what they got? No, because that was a salary right? dump. That was, right? We talked about that. It's a complete salary dump on Nashville's part. I don't disagree. So... 
Yeah. I don't disagree. But Anyways, we'll get off the hockey talk. We got to move on to local talk. Medicine at Mavericks. Mm-hmm. They are turning it on, folks. This has yeah. been quite a two weeks for them. They had another 5-1 and one week. They're 27-21 and 21 on the season. Six games over 500. Could you believe that when we first talked? We first started this podcast nine episodes ago. That yeah. they'd be this far above 500? No. In second place in the Western Division? It's mm, pretty incredible. No. No, I couldn't believe it at all, to be honest. Yeah. So they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And this past weekend against the Melville Millionaires. Yeah, that that was really close. <laughs> Those are all really close games. Just a barn burner. Yeah. Outscored. They outscored Melville 49 to 4 this weekend, including a 21 to nothing game. That was a football score. Yeah. You don't see played, that every game. They only played three games. Three games. What would have happened if there would have been a fourth? That's over 15 runs at average a game. That's embarrassing. So uh, it's very embarrassing for the I, Melville Millionaires. I looked and I was talking to you off air. We thought Mel, like you said, Melville Melville was as bad as Yorkton in terms of standings. Uh, similar to yeah, Melville is sixteen and thirty-two, uh, which isn't. I mean, it's bad, but it's not three and thirty-nine. I mean, at that point, it's fucking is, might as is well. Is it be. apples and apples? Like, yeah, that's that's pretty damn close. Uh, like, <laughs> like, I feel like Yorkton's gonna be playing the Moose Monarchs right away. Oh wow, play some American Legion, get some confidence back. There is eight games left in the Mavericks season. Um, Lethbridge is right on their tail, only a half game back. So this last little stretch, they play three games against Lethbridge. So that's basically going to be the uh, the tail of the tape. Yeah, how second place goes in that division. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting tomorrow night, they're in Lethbridge, and then in Okotoks on Wednesday. Yeah, we're recording it? this on Monday. Yep. Uh, then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, home to Fort Mac. Mm-hmm. Then a home and home with Lethbridge on Sunday, Monday, and then they wrap it up at home against the Okotoks Dogs on next Tuesday. So. Hopefully by the time we record next, mm-hmm. we'll find out uh, where exactly in the playoff positioning race that the Mavericks are. Yeah, I, I got I got some faith that they will keep the second spot. Think they lock that up? I hope so. I hope so. And I think Lethbridge is playing Okotoks tonight, so that could be. Uh, yeah, adds a wrinkle. Well, Okotoks is still they're nine games ahead of everybody, mm-hmm. so they basically locked up first place. But second is up for grabs. Uh, I, I always shout out somebody mm-hmm. for their week. Usually, I go with a position player, a batter. Mm-hmm. I'm going pitcher mm-hmm. this pitcher. week. Uh, I mentioned that 21 to nothing game the Mavericks had on Friday night. Yeah, that really close one. The really close one. Uh, Owen Steele, the pitcher, had himself probably the best game pitching wise the Mavs had had all season. He went eight strong. Two hits, only one walk, and eight strikeouts. That's yeah, pretty good uh, stuff. So even though the offense was clicking on all cylinders, he definitely locked up that side of things and probably gave, I mean, gave the bullpen a rest, which is probably a nice little break for those yeah, guys. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure Nolan Radai pitched after that. He did. He got his and he it was a, a clean inning. I think he got a strikeout. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a clean inning, so, which which tells you the state of the Melville Millionaires. <laughs> not to not to slight Nolan Radai, but I, I actually saw him that night after the game. I think he had a hard time wrapping his head around that he uh, he had a clean up and down inning. Is he better at third or is he better as a reliever? Second. Is he a second baseman? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, better as a second baseman, okay. by the way. Okay, we'll keep that in mind. Uh, a couple other guys that are doing big things. Uh, there's Colin Kligensmith, okay. who is basically putting up the same numbers as Austin Soika. Oh. Like, they're, they're pretty well, like, 1A, 1B on the team. He's got, like, two bombs, but 26 RBI. Uh, 12 doubles, a couple triples, 10 steals. He just does, boy, he does a lot of things. Yeah, I unfortunately, I've only shouted out Austin, but good yeah. on you, Colton. That's yeah, good. Colin. Colin. Still oh, Colin. Shoot. Yep, that's fine. That's fine. Man, that's you, so bad of me. You can call him Colton. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> the other guy, you touched on Owen Steele, but there's a reliever, Flynn Ridley. 
Uh, 17 appearances. He's three and one with a 2.49 ERA. Uh, the whip, not ideal. 1.57. Whip? Could, yeah. It's, it's not ideal. That, that's not good. But uh, <laughs> that's mainly because he's walked 17 guys through 21 and two thirds. Oh, but, uh, keep those walks down. Flynn, well, he's Finn. also. Flynn. Flynn. Do you fucking listen? I was Flynn. Like, do you listen to anything or do yeah. you just fucking hear what you I, want? I heard F, so. I heard F. <laughs> I heard F and then I just took a fucking guess. Christ. Anyway, he's got 17 Ks. Not that it fucking matters because you're not going to listen anyway. So, if you really want to dive into it, he has an opponent batting average of 218. That's really good. Good job, Flynn. Yeah, there you go. Hey. Good job. Do you remember his last name? Ridley. Wow. Like Bob Ridley. Yeah. Hopefully we have Bud on the Bob on the podcast this year. He's not going to want to jump Why? on this podcast. I'll know his name. He will not want to jump on Come this. Come on. No, I'm sure. Um, anybody else you want to shout out that I can get wrong? No, no. Okay. You've already embarrassed two of these guys. Uh, apologies goes out to... You don't even remember their name! Flynn. Yeah. And Colin. Isn't your dad's name Colin? That's why... Well, and my brother's name's Colton, so I had the C's on the brain, but... Um, quickly, (laughs) you want to talk some NFL for the first time in the history of... I guess so, yeah. The Hall of Fame game that inaugurally starts off the season every year. Yeah. Is this Thursday, August 1st? Sure. Uh, I think from then on forward, there would be no weekend games without some sort of college or pro football game until the Super Bowl. Awesome. If you're a football fan, it all starts this weekend, basically. Okay, so we're done. (laughs) Broncos at Falcons. Oh, we're not done. Okay. (laughs) No, I I just want to get the teams in I just don't give a shit about preseason. Okay. That's all. I just don't care. Does preseason help you in terms of your fantasy football drafts? No. No. (laughs) No. It's not going to make a difference. What if uh, Saquon Barkley gets injured out for the season? Well, yeah, then I'm obviously not going to draft well, him. Well, hey, if you don't watch preseason, if you don't get your score I don't need to. I don't need to watch because I just go into the draft lobby and there's a giant fucking IR and it says he's dead. You'd be, <laughs> you'd be, you'd be uh, hard-pressed to find a guy I, in every year. There's a guy in my league that will auto-draft and it automatically picks up six injured dudes. That's a, that's a computer error, but also you should you should always that's draft bad. live. Draft live, folks. Yeah, uh, okay. really. Wrestling talk. Jesse's not here. Lance, do you have anything to to uh, join in the wrestling conversation? You brought up the Raw re- reunion last week. Yeah. To uh, the big hit. Yeah, yeah. So the Fortnite World Cup was this weekend. <laughs> okay, no, no, we're skipping wrestling. Man, that was something else. Talk to me about it. Dude, a 16-year-old kid won $3 million bucks. Wow. $3 million. Yeah. They had like I think it was a hundred people at this thing. A okay. hundred of the world's best Fortnite players. Where was it? Was that like an arena? Right. Like it was they, at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York, where they have the Tennis U.S. Open. Okay. It's oh. like a massive Arthur. Massive. Ashe. Yeah, I know where that is. Okay. So they go there. Dude wins three million dollars. He's sixteen years old. Okay. The worst you could do at this World Cup tournament was 50,000 bucks. Just for showing up. Just for showing up. They went by a point system. There were four dudes that didn't have any fucking points. They still got 50 grand. And they're still better than the entire world of Fortnite. Yeah. And they got zero. Yeah. Just wanted to point out that uh, a 16-year-old has $3 million. That's... Hopefully he invests wisely. (laughs) What do you do with $3 million? You buy a lawyer, I guess, step one? <laughs> you buy a lawyer. Like, yeah, he's just yours forever? Get a retainer She's just yours on it? forever? You just, you, you have your own personal lawyer from then on out? You never know when you need one. Like, I I, I don't know. They had... Good they for had them, a, though. That's they had awesome. a singles and a duos. Yep. And the duos team won $3 bucks too. That's only $1.5 each. 
only. You got to split that up. Yeah. Um, imagine the years upon years of sacrifice of kids in their basements with their gaming gloves. Fortnite hasn't even been out for years, has it? Mm, <laughs> Did you just say their gaming gloves? Their gaming gloves. <laughs> And they're leaders of soda or their Adderall. Or, uh, oh, hey. Hey. Oh. I, I don't think they test for uh, performance enhancing drugs. Actually, that's uh, let me check here. Kay. Performance enhancing drugs. I feel like Fortnite. You, I don't know if you can take Adderall and um, uh, just game all the time. I, I don't. Fortnite is an insane drug. That's a video on YouTube. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> Uh, drug testing for the World Cup. Hold on, there's a Reddit. Oh, I, I'm gonna find this out. In order to get into the World Cup of gaming, you probably had to take it. No, the World Fortnite World Cup. Right. Just Fortnite. Okay. So Fortnite put it on themselves. Um, are they going to be drug testing the World Cup qualifiers for enhancement drugs? Basically Adderall. There you are. Hey. You're not wrong. I know some of these top tier players on Adderall would be about as unfair as starting with 20 <laughs> extra points. <laughs> what? So. It went off a point system. You got to like a, I don't know why. No, I actually read a lot about this because oh I was my. floored that a kid won three million bucks. Essentially, you got a point for every time you killed somebody. And if you won the round, they did like five rounds. If you won a round, you got like X amount of points. The dude who won had like 50 some. Second place got like 30. So the dude in first like just smashed. Was not close. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't close at all. Um, and, and people on Reddit are saying that it wouldn't be in... Um, Fortnite's best interest to test for performance enhancing Adderall. <laughs> so we'll never know. Because they're not going to have any com uh, contestants? I Maybe. Out, out not, you go. You, you might not be far off. Oh, man. I don't know. In any case, that's just hilarious. That So kids, le lesson learned. Uh, keep playing those video games. If mom tells you to turn it off, tell her shut up. Yeah. <laughs> because Playing I'm gonna, Fortnite. I'm going to pay for your house in 10 years. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe. Like, just think about that. Three million. Like, what would you do at sixteen years old with three million bucks? I'll never have three million for playing video games. <laughs> like, think of all the fucking Doritos you could buy. Oh my god! Like, isn't that isn't all the that Adderall what... you can buy? <laughs> I don't know if they could buy their own Adderall. I don't know how that works. Do, do, there... they, do you think they have a sponsorship for Adderall? <laughs> do you think there's uh, like a like a not a I was gonna say a pimp, but it's not a pimp. Like a linchpin, like some some sort of manager that manages gaming talent. Oh, wait, that gets yo, the yeah. kids the stuff. Oh, ooh, I don't know. Well, they all have like teams. They all have like they're all on teams, but they're all so they, they can all, have all be managers. like under a brand too. Yeah, well, that's maybe right. It's kind of like even like with auto racing, there's like teams. There's like Team McLaren, Team Ferrari, yeah. and yeah. then like so for gaming, there's probably teams. There is. Okay, I'm telling you. So that's if you're under a brand, maybe you have a manager. Maybe you have you your you own goods. Adderall, dude. Maybe you have your own Adderall. A lot of these teams, they, they'll just like bring you to some house and like everyone on the team lives together and just plays the same fucking game every day and just hangs out. So Breaki maybe breaking news. Uh, Adderall was not <laughs> tested for. Is that what you're going to tell me? No, we, you talked about Bo Bichette getting called up to the majors tonight. Did he get injured? First career hit out of the way for Bo Bichette. That was the fucking breaking news? Breaking news. Bobichet, you really have my hopes up. One out of 3,000 hits he's going to get in his career. Really? Next Jeter. You, you think he's going to have 3,000 hits? The next Jeter. Really? Yeah. Wow. Lock, lock number 11 he's up. Have Adderall. He's <laughs> I might need it to get 3,000 hits. That's a big number. <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right. Anything else you want to round off this podcast? I'm with? really enjoying this Adderall talk, we're, to be uh, honest. We're over 40 minutes here, so we got to get going. Why? I, I think the people want more Adderall talk. <laughs> what else do we think add they, to Adderall? I think they want to know what's going on 
in the Fortnite World Cup, even this though was, it's over now. This is probably the first they ever heard of it, so we just filled them in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> and you you probably wish you would have watched, because it was just yesterday that it wrapped up. No, that's okay. Uh, my picks were awful last week, so sorry about that. Went one and two. It was a hard that's week. It's okay. You're going to get your 3-0 and o week. I know you are. Yeah, well, here's hoping. You want to talk about quickly UFC? We watched over the sure, weekend yeah, at a yeah, buddy's yeah. house. Uh, you also put a bet down a parlay on all five underdogs, yeah, and I, you were 0-5? Yeah, because I figured, why would I bet one underdog when I can just bet all five? <laughs> so I put, 20, was, I put 20 bucks on all five of them. What was the grand total you could have got? $2,800 That's on 20 great, bucks. That would have been a great parlay. Yeah, but there they all go. lost. They all lost. Like, significantly. Maybe not the first fight. I can't yeah. remember who fought in that first night. It was one card. of the Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I feel like he won, but the split decision did not go his way, and from there, it just I got fucking railroaded. For years upon years, they're going to call it the Edmonton screw job. <laughs> true, true. When that fucking first guy on the main card got screwed oh, over. Never None of those fights are really all that close. That right? was a bad pay-per-view. Like, Holloway basically just ring-controlled the entire... Yeah. The l- entire... Little jab-jab. Five rounds. Yeah. Like, didn't really do anything crazy. Best one was the third one, that uh, Nico Prince guy. Fuck. Yeah, let's talk about the UFC Steve, card. My, our coworker Steve Ball and I were talking about it earlier today, but uh, I think the third fight was probably the best. Before Cyborg. Nico Price? Nico Price. Losing to Jeff Neal? That was probably the best fight of the night. Oh, yeah, that was the KO where, like, yes. it wasn't really a knockout. Like, no, I mean, he, he got up pretty, right away. He was pretty well, like, hooped, but I feel like... They, they could have let him go a little bit longer, but yeah. probably not a bad idea to save his life. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, all the other ones, we were really cheering on Felicia Spencer yeah. against Cyborg. That she, I mean, she actually put up a good fight. Wasn't like bad. that Felicia Spencer might get a decent look again. Hopefully. Because I don't think she's far off. Like Cyborg, like, you, I mean, no one's cut Cyborg. Until, until Saturday. Until Felicia. And yeah, she even shouted her out on the post-fight yeah. interview too yeah. to Joe Rogan. Anyways, uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. That's it? I think so. No more Adderall, hey? No more Adderall talk. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash ontheboardpodcast, on Twitter at ontheboardpod, and uh, Lance is on Twitter. I'm on Twitter if you just search us up. Jesse's on Twitter. Jesse's on Twitter. Send us Adderall. <laughs> Hopefully Jesse's back next week. Uh, or don't. F- no, you don't? No, I said or don't. No. Send us Adderall, whatever. No, it's okay. You just laughed at it. I did. Okay. You, you are need we done? Some? No. Okay. Are, can, are we done now? I think so. Okay. For Lance Dahl, I'm Colby McKee, yeah. signing off for another week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ontheboardpodcast. Yes! Yes!